This is Coach Lou Holtz, and you're listening to Building Championship Mindsets, the podcast with Dr. Amber Selkie, from the locker room to the boardroom. Dr. Amber is the best in the business at helping you and your team build the mindset that drive results. So lock in. If you can take just one thing away from today and implement it into your life, I know you'll be a better person and a better leader, coach, athlete, parent, or spouse because of it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Building Championship Mindsets, the podcast. I am your host, Dr. Amber Selking, and we are in season two entitled Mindset Monday. So every Monday for the last 16 weeks, we have brought to you a different way of thinking about a topic or scenario that we know drives uh, or influences business and sport and helps to deliver mindset markers or ways of thinking like a champion about those topics. So today in episode 17, we are going to look at the championship mindset on diversity in parentheses inclusion. So for some of you who are like, I don't want to talk about this topic. I don't want to listen to it. It's overdone and overkill. I totally get it. But listen, listen, all right, because it's a critical, critical element to how we think and how we are going to continue to have positive influence in our teams and our organizations and our families in this world, etc. And with a growing global, more integrated than ever society and system that we live in, particularly with such issues being on the forefront from lots of political angles, it is important that we get influential individuals like yourself on the same page and thinking in ways that are conducive around this topic. And so first of all, let me just explain why I have diversity and then inclusion in parentheses. So one of my friends and colleagues out of the University of Missouri, Dr. Brian Brown, um, is really leading uh, the initiative at Mizzou Athletics um, looking at inclusion. And so when, you know, I first heard him talking about, he's like, you know, I I like to talk about inclusion, not diversity. I was like, oh, they're like the same thing. Okay. But then I started doing research on it because clearly they're not. This is not my area of expertise. I have a lot of, um, my research background is in black masculinity and sports. So from a niche perspective and and sort of cultural awareness and understanding, that's more of my niche area, Uh, but in general. So I'm not claiming to be an expert on diversity, inclusion, et cetera. And so when he said that, I wanted to know, okay, why is he making that statement and really? taking such a strong stance on talking about inclusion and not diversity. And so as I was doing my research, I came across a Harvard Business Review article, and there was a quote in it that really made me understand why he's taken this perspective. And the quote was from Verna Myers, and she said, diversity is being invited to the party. Inclusion is being asked to dance. And I was like, oh, That's why he's driving the message on inclusion, because it's about being involved in the process of winning or execution or success as a team and not just being there. And so I I now understand why I didn't see the difference, because in my mind, if you're going to have diversity, you might as well leverage everybody at the table, right, or at the party. And I guess that's not how most people see it or how it's often executed and brought to fruition in teams and in organizations. So let's start from that premise, right? That diversity and inclusion are actually different things. Diversity is having different types of people in a team, in an organization, et cetera, or different ways of thinking. But inclusion is actually leveraging and integrating and incorporating and, and having those people be a part of 
the process, a part of success and valued in that. And so again, in my mind, I didn't see the difference in that because again, if we're going to have diversity, we would obviously use all of those people. Again, that's not the normal way of thinking. So just to help help our listeners understand what's the difference between those two words, uh, I want to help clarify that because I think then that can drive a more intelligent, more intentional approach to how we think about and again, leverage the power of diversity and inclusion to drive success, to drive Drive um, uh, the sense of human connection that really manifests internal and external rewards from a mental and physical health perspective, from a team and organizational success uh, success metric perspective, and so. That's what we're going to be looking at today. And again, you know, for those of you that might just be joining us, a mindset, okay, a mindset, which is Mindset Monday, and we're helping you build the mindset of a champion, is a patterned way of thinking about anything. And these patterned ways of thinking aren't just thoughts floating around in the air. They're actual protein patterns that get built into our brain at the neurological level that are dictating how we show up and how we interact and engage with different scenarios. And so the intent of this podcast is to help you build patterned ways of thinking like a champion to position yourself, your team, or your organization to deliver success on a consistent basis. And so from the locker room to the boardroom, the Selking Performance Group is all about leveraging the power of mindset and leadership to drive consistent performance excellence by helping create a synergy around people, persons, and systems, all right? Um, So again, just quick intro because it's December 18th. What? How did we get here already? This year has just absolutely flown by. Um, A little shout out to my little sister. We were in Manhattan, Kansas a couple weekends ago celebrating her graduation from K-State, so Kansas State University out in Manhattan, Kansas. She is an undergrad. She graduated with a 4.0. Holy cow, summa cum laude. Congratulations, Lil A, officially in the Bulletproof Tiger Club and super proud of you and can't wait to see what you continue to do in this world. Um, her degree was in agriculture economics, and so she's looking to go on and and really make an impact and a dent in this world from the agriculture perspective. So congrats, Ash. Super proud of you and can't wait to see what you continue to do with that. With that said, our final grade, so I'm a professor in strategic human resource management at the University of Notre Dame at our Mendoza College of Business, and final grades are due this afternoon, so I know all of my students are thrilled that the semester is over, um, but it's just been a fascinating journey watching them throughout the course of this semester. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm the mental coach for the football team at Notre Dame as well, so we're prepping for our bowl game coming up on January 1st against LSU, so go Irish on that front. Um, but again, I, I say those things because because I, I think one of the most fascinating elements about working um, with the football team, but then also in my class, is the spectrum of diversity that we have that I, I've been able to witness and and watch grow and develop uh, over the course of this semester and this fall um, for both of those and for football throughout the course of the year. But, you know, when you really get to see um, different ages, so, and this is, you know, this is, again, connection with the team and with my class. I mean, we've, I've got diversity of ages. We've got diversity of color. We've got diversity of financial, economic background, um, all coming together toward a common mission, right? So the vision for our class was to be one of the, the most memorable and applicable classes that they have during their time at the university 
of Notre Dame. And obviously the vision for our football team, like Coach Kelly always says, is to graduate our players and to win a national championship. And from there, from that solid stance of vision, we're able to really talk about and leverage the power of diversity of all of these different people that we have coming together for a short period of time toward uh, accomplishing and living into a vision, right? And that's why, so I hope, I hope this is a very clear example of how mindset and leadership right? That's the, that's the core elements that we talk about here at the Selkin Performance Group come together. And, and as we talk about the mindset, the championship mindset to have around this idea of diversity inclusion, we're going to, again, put this in context of leadership at the end of the, this episode. But again, leadership sort of sets the tone and the vision of around what we're going to accomplish. But then it's on the leader and every individual within the system to adopt the right mindset to help us actually capitalize on the issue at Hand, and in this case, diversity. So, so now we are going to dive into the five mindset markers of a championship mindset on diversity, parentheses inclusion, right? Because those are those are similar but different things. And I still remember when this clicked in my mind of how awesome the diversity inclusion is. So again, I was raised in a predominantly white community. Um, in a small rural community in northeastern Pennsylvania, right? So I was not exposed to diversity. And I, when I say diversity, I mean racial diversity. I mean um, socioeconomic diversity. I mean um, all of the elements, right? And even diversity of thinking, diversity of just how you think, right? When you're raised in rural America, everybody tends to think similarly. Um, and so the first sort of exposure that I really had to diverse uh, people, thoughts, life experiences, um, context of living was I went to a, a sport and leadership camp when I was a freshman in high school just outside of D.C. And so it was for boys and girls, right? Imagine that, uh, at a camp for two weeks. And it was soccer and basketball were the two sports. And it was everybody from inner city D.C. to country, rural America like myself. And that is when it dawned in my little spark of brain, right? Wow. There are a lot of different people in this world. This world is huge and there is so much to learn and I can't wait. And so that for me was a very positive experience. I was very fortunate that that experience, um, you know, was one that I was able to to be around people of color and uh, from different, you know, being raised in inner city and um, different socioeconomic backgrounds and ask questions. And when we we're when we we're freshmen in high school, like it was so cool. I was playing soccer with these girls from inner city DC, and they started putting. Um, sunblock on their knees, right? Because of soccer players, right? Like you get the soccer tan. And up to that point, I didn't know that black people could get darker. And I know that sounds funny, but in my, that was my limited thinking. And so I literally was able to be like, wait, why are you putting sunblock on? They're like, girl, just because we're dark doesn't mean we can't get darker. And I was like, wow, this is mind-blowing to me. And again, I know that sounds silly, and, and I don't mean that to sound disrespectful, but in in sort of my childlike mind, that was totally novel. And I was in a space that I could ask questions and learn and be totally like, 
mind blown and excited and cool with these with these girls about and that's the power of sport right it brings us together to learn about different cultures i played soccer with muslims and hindus when i got to travel abroad to play and it was like so fascinating to sit around and totally respect each other because we we shared this common bond and common craft of soccer but we're really able to ask questions and explore one another's backgrounds and my brain just totally expanded to how amazing these individuals were and how much I valued and appreciated them. And so with that being said, I was fortunate to have a very positive experience with diversity. Now, with that being said, I understand that not everybody has that. And people from from the majority side and the minority side often have very different and, and not so positive experience. But but, 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 regardless of what your experience is, we need to be able to set that down and we need to be able to critically think and, and expose ourselves and be willing to think like a champion on this topic because it is those of us that are willing to do so that can stand in the gap on all ends of the spectrum, right? And being a female in very male-dominated spaces of sport and business, I'm often a minority, right? And that's, to me, that's totally awesome and it's invigorating and it gives me an opportunity to stand in that gap, but I have to stand in it wisely, right? In in different ways. And so I just want to challenge all of us to sort of set down whatever our past experiences are, whatever our biases are, and go into learning these five mindset markers in a way that we can build our mindset or build our patterned ways of thinking about this this topic of diversity. Again, whether you're on the majority or the minority side, and, and for some of us, we're on the majority and the minority in different scenarios and situations, right? That's a reality of this. So can we think about this and go into this and build the mindset or the patterned ways of thinking about diversity inclusion in ways that are going to position ourselves, our team, and our organization for success, but also add a positive influence to this discussion moving forward in our communities and in our society. And so the first mindset marker that champions have on on diversity and inclusion is that it's critical for success, period. Diversity inclusion is critical for success in this global world to stay relevant with our products, our services, our mindsets. We need to reflect a cultural awareness or we're going to get left behind. We're going to miss out on opportunities to tap into new market segments, to solve problems uh, that, that are really going to be able to be integrated in different communities and grow the influence that we're seeking to have. And so diversity and inclusion is critical for our success as a team, as an organization, as an individual, right? Um, And listen, this is why consultants get paid so much. Because when consultants come into an organization, what do they bring? They bring a diversity of thought. So imagine if we could start leveraging and harnessing the owned, our own diversity within our own teams. And that's really where that inclusion piece comes in, right? Is being asked, asking those people to participate, valuing their thoughts, valuing their experience, valuing their feedback, making a space that is able for people to contribute their different experience sets and therefore solve problems differently, right? Which takes us to uh, mindset marker number two is that champions understand that diversity inclusion leads to better solutions because they're different ways of thinking, right? They're different experience sets that are going to bring about different types, innovative solutions. And there's been, there's a lot of articles, articles, if you simply Google diversity and innovation, how, how inclusion and including different people's thoughts on scenarios and, and problem solving helps have innovative solutions. We only know what we know, 
right? And the beauty of having a very diverse team to pull from is that everybody else only knows what they know. But diversity brings a lot of different ways of knowing and experiencing and understanding and problem solving to the table and allows us to really massage and work with. And and if we think about clay, right, and everybody brings their little piece of clay to the pot, now all of a sudden we have more clay to work with. And we can massage it and hone it and put all of those different perspectives together into this beautiful sculpture that individually we could have not created. Again, that's been the really cool part about the class that I've been teaching We've got, we've got some kids that are in their uh, near 30 years old. We've got people that have served in the military, uh, both the, the U.S. military and uh, overseas military units. Uh, we've got women. We've got men. We've got African-American, Caucasian, Hispanic, Latino, Spanish, um, Asian-American, Asian and Asian-American. So we are global. We are age diversified. We are uh, sexual orientation diversified. And it has been awesome to allow these kids to get in groups, right? They didn't get to pick their groups. They couldn't stay in their um, typical, you know, haven of who they know in that safe spot. They had to get out. And we talked about how important diversity is and how important it is to learn from another one another so that we can really get better solutions. So in their case analysis that they've had to do and they've had to build their own company, right, and talk about the challenges that exist, they're all able to add different thoughts. And it's been fascinating to see the output that they've had in that. Um, it, because what here's what happens when groups that are homogenous, right, or, or homogenous just meaning that are all the same, you, I look like you, right, what happens is something called groupthink. And groupthink is exactly what it sounds like. All the group think the same. Because when you look across the table and you see someone that looks like you, whether that's um, black, white, male, female, young, old, etc., okay, whatever that homogenous group looks like, you think, oh, they're thinking exactly like I'm thinking. So you tend to not add your thought to it. Or if one person says something, you tend to just go along with it because maybe that's, oh, that's how I should think. If they look like me, then that's how I should think so that people go along with it. So one way or another, right, you don't contribute your thoughts because you think everybody else is thinking the same thing. Or when someone else contributes something that you might not have been thinking, you adopt that thought because you think, oh, I'm supposed to think that way because this is my group, okay? Which as you can very clearly see, leads to not a lot of dialogue, not a lot of healthy dispute and molding. Let's go back to that clay analogy, right? Not a lot of molding happens. And so we're just like, bing, 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 bing. Oh, there's our clay sculpture, right? And like, if you look at it, it looks like a lump, but in the group think you're just like, well, I guess that's what it's supposed to look like. So I'm, you know, not going to massage it anymore. Not going to add another piece of clay, certainly not another color piece of clay. Um, and and so again, when we change the dynamics, right, and and make make the colors look a little different, make the ages look a little different, make the sizes look a little different, and then we're able to to mold that. Now all of a sudden, the solution is better. We come up with a multicolored sculpture that has some soft edges, some sharp edges, um, some indents, right? But they're all aligned and integrated together, and that's what inclusion allows us to deliver. And so again, it leads to better solutions and champions know that. Let's get to the third mindset marker where champions understand that diversity and inclusion must be created and fostered intentionally. 
created and fostered intentionally. Rarely does diversity and inclusion, well, diversity can sometimes just happen. For example, my class, right? They're all, they all sign up for the class. It happens to be diverse. Now, uh, I'm going to teach the class in the spring, and I know the makeup's going to look different. Who knows what it'll look like, but I know it'll be different, right? So, it has to be created in some capacity, but then fostered. And that's that inclusion standpoint, right? So when I lived down in North Carolina, I attended a church in South Carolina led by uh, Pastor Derwin Gray, okay? And again, look at this through the business lens. If you don't have, if you don't go to church, if the spiritual side of you is not a thing, that's totally fine. That's not the point of this, this story. Okay. The point of this is diversity has to be, must be created and fostered intentionally. Okay. And so pastor Derwin, let's just call him Derwin, right? Played football at BYU, then went and played in the league. And now he's a pastor, big black guy, right? Linebacker in the league, married to a white track athlete from BYU also, okay? And his heart was, hey, I want to be a pastor and I want to I want to create a church um, that is multi-generational, multi-ethnic, that seeks to love God upward, ourselves inward, and so that we can serve the world outward. That's his mission. That was his vision, right? Because he didn't grow he didn't grow up being a Christian, right? He learned about this later on in life and he was like, this is incredible. And apparently the Bible says this is what heaven's going to look like. Diversity, different people of color all over the place, right? And so he was like, well, then we should replicate that on earth in my church. And as he started down this path of wanting to create a multi-generational, multi-ethnic church, guess what they said to him? Mm, that will never happen. I don't know if you know this, but Sunday mornings are the most segregated time in America. You've got your black churches, you've got your white churches, you've got your Asian churches, you've got you've got your Hispanic churches, and they all go together. And that is the most, seg- isn't that sad? Sunday morning is the most segregated time in America. And he said, well, I'm going to do it anyway. And so he intentionally created and fosters every time he speaks. He talks about having a multi-generational, multi-ethnic church. And listen, if you have the chance to go to Rock or Charlotte, North Carolina, uh, Rock Hill, South Carolina is just right outside of Charlotte. And if you have the chance to go to a service at uh, Transformation Church, that's what it's called, Derwin Gray's Church Transformation, even if you just want to have a little social experiment, go. Because what are you going to experience? You are going to experience a multi-generational, multi-ethnic church that is on fire and growing exponentially. And they are leveraging the power of that diversity to serve different communities throughout that area because they're able to understand those different communities because they've got all the people in the party and everybody at the party's dancing. And it's awesome. And so again, how do we how do we foster it? Okay, let's let's we'll move on from that example. How do we foster this sense of diversity inclusion? We well, have to talk about it and you have to celebrate it when it happens. And well, what do you celebrate? Celebrate in relation to performance, because that's what we're after, right? Whether you're in the church setting or the business setting or the sports setting or the classroom setting or your family setting, you've got to be able to talk about it and you've got to be able to celebrate it when you see it positively driving performance. And so I want to challenge you to think about. All right. And instead of when I see diversity, have a slight freak out moment, right? And be like, oh, blah, 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 right? Celebrate it. Wow, this is amazing that we've got all these people from these different communities. Here in South Bend, it's been awesome to, to start to see how the, the South Bend community and Notre Dame and the other colleges of Bethel, IU, Holy Cross, St. Mary's are all starting to 
to come together. Instead of staying in our little bubbles, right, we're starting to come together and celebrate the diversity that exists here, or the Potawatomi and Indians that live in this community, right? All of those groups are starting to come together. And what's happening is a growth in our community, a growth in our kids. And that's where power happens. And that's a huge tribute to Mayor Pete and his willingness to, to break down party lines, to break down socioeconomic lines, to break down uh, racial lines, to break down uh, just socioeconomic. Everywhere you look, he's breaking those down and bringing these communities together and really fostering intentionally and celebrating the power that the diversity of our community can really have to create a vibrant, vibrant community, a vibrant downtown, a vibrant college education area. That's powerful. And I'm really, really looking forward to uh, the next season of our podcast, which is actually going to, to we, you know, for seasons ones and season two, we've really looked at mindset and specifically looked at sport. And in season two or season three coming up next spring, we're going to start looking more at the leadership side of this lens and how that drives success in different different organizations, right? And so, again, this intentionality of creation and fostering is as simple as talking about it and celebrating it when we see it and not being afraid to have those dialogues. Listen, what's in the light can't get manipulated. What stays in the darkness can get manipulated. So when we're able to put this conversation on the table and be open and, and none of us coming with a front— right? Or really an agenda, but the only the agenda to learn one another, that leads us right into mindset marker number four. Listen, respect and valuation comes through relationship. If you want, if you, if you say you want to respect somebody, guess how you learn to respect somebody? You got to get to know them. If we want to value people's thoughts and opinions, guess how we come to value you? Relationships and seeing your competence at work. But again, if we just say, well, we want to respect people, we want to value you, but we don't all come together and get to get to know one another and get to see one another's uh, craft and art at work so that we can really respect their competency level. Listen, respect and valuation don't happen. Okay, so a great example of this is happening uh, happening in a lot of different places that I'm seeing right now in the sports space in terms of women coaches, right, and females in the coaching space. There's a hashtag out there called She Can Coach. Google it and see what you come up with, right? But but there's some really core organizations that I've had the opportunity to be affiliated with and to to get to see in action. Um, one is Camp Elevate. So uh, I think it's Camp Elevate. Org, uh, but it's a it's a run by uh, Celia Slater. She's an amazing woman out of Florida who works at University of Florida, works f- in conjunction with University of Florida, and in their athletic department, just helping to figure out how do we continue to get better as coaches, and how how as female coaches can we have a better influence, and how and and feel more valued at the table. And so she's she's developed this camp that coaches can attend. But her thought is, listen, it can't just like women can't just be sitting around talking with women about this. We have to have everybody at the table, right? Because again, that group thing starts to happen. And and sometimes it can turn into a a complaining fest, right? In in general uh, with any of us. And so what she's developed is something called Camp Elevate. It's held out in Colorado Springs. It's going to be next May. And I have the dates right here. I'll get those while I'm talking. Um, 
for you. But what Camp Elevate is, is it's an opportunity for coaches of all different sports, um, of all different levels. So high school, college, her predominant market is college coaches, men and women. And they go through a, a couple day camp and they, they talk about um, issues, right, outside of just X's and O's. How do we manage our players? How do we create cultures of mental toughness? Um, how, do we, how do we develop relationships with our players? How do we develop relationships among our players and deal with conflict on our teams? And so it's an opportunity that she's created that is fostered so that men and women can sit across from each other and understand, wow, okay, men actually have some great solutions to these problems. Oh, women have some great coaching ideas, right? And as we start to build those relationships, what happens? We start to respect each other. Next time a job opening happens, we start to think, oh, remember that woman I met out at Camp Elevate? I think she'd be great on my staff or vice versa, right? And and the another organization is the Wisconsin State Track Coaches Association. Um, they've been partnering with the Missouri Institute for Positive Coaching for the last four years. And um, down at Mizzou, they had something called Men for Men and Women for Women, where they were allowed, they, they had uh, the women in the athletic department help support the female athletes and talk about really challenging issues for female athletes and the men for the men. And up at Wisconsin, uh, the men in that organization have started a Women for Women Coaches organization, and the men are committed to supporting uh, the minority of female coaches in their organization. And so they're having a whole workshop for female coaches that are being supported and encouraged by the males in that organization because they are the majority group there. And and so it's really fascinating to see that as um, they've come to know one another, right, they've come to respect one another, they've come to value what one another brings to the table, to the game. And in that way, we can really leverage the the male-female coaching dynamic in a much more powerful way for what purpose? Right? The purpose is to impact our kids and to grow athletes that are successful in their sport and successful in life beyond. We can only do that right, if we can all come to the table and bring our strengths to the table complement each other and deliver the best result, right? So the cool thing is about the human brain, there are actual differences in the male and female brain. And so if we were to put a guy's brain, if we were to look at that and, and then look at a female's brain, we could say, oh, that's the guy, that's the girl, based on uh, where different gray matter is sort of conglomerated. And so women have more in the front part of their brain, which allows all the connection to happen, right? So that's why women see connection between different things much quicker than men. And that's not a, a better or worse thing. And on the flip side, men have more in the back bottom part of their brain, which allows for more sense of compartment. And I know there's some chuckles going on because there's some great just jokes that can happen with that. But why men and women's brains were created differently is because they're meant to complement one another. All right? Women's connections can be too much sometimes. We need to see how they can be separated. But men's compartmentalization can be too much sometimes, and they need to see the connection between things. And that's why it's powerful when men and women can come together on a team and a staff or an organization because they think differently. And each one needs to bring that diversity of thought to the table. Again, bring your piece of clay to the table so we can all start molding a better sculpture, a better output, a better deliverable a more effective sales pitch, a more effective team strategy, a more effective team culture, right? This is the power that happens when we harness diversity. So one of the things that I often do in, in the teams that I work with is um, 
I give, I, I give, okay, you've got 90 seconds. So pair up, you've got 90 seconds to identify the most unique thing that you share in common, right? And this is just awesome to watch in really diverse settings because you see, let's say, um, in, in, in older African-American coach partnered with a uh, first year you know, let's say for, so an older African-American corporate executive paired with a uh, fresh out of college white Caucasian or white girl. Right. And they have to find out what's the most unique thing we share in common. Cause immediately you're thinking, okay, this guy has, he doesn't know anything about me. We're very different. And he's thinking this girl's totally different than me. How are we going to find this? But it is fascinating when you start sharing how much, and because that's rapid fire, 90 seconds, you don't have a lot of time, right? So you have to rifle through what your favorite food is, where your family comes from, how many siblings you have, what your favorite holiday is, trips you've gone on, things you've seen, things you've witnessed or experienced in this world. And it is incredible when you come up with a really unique thing that you guys share in common. Now, what just happened? You learn a lot of things that are different about each other, but now all of a sudden you start to be like, oh, that's really cool that you come from that area. Oh, that's why your mindset is the way it is. But wow, we both had a chinchilla growing up. Yes, that was one of mine uh, in a group that I worked with, right? Which is crazy. And that gives you a sense of connection. So as different as we all are, we're still human, right? And even if it's as much as the person you admire the most is your mom, you know, that, that's a unifying factor. And when we can find those things, now all of a sudden we can start to respect each other. And then when we start to work together and we see the competence that each person brings to the table and how they make that sculpture look better, now all of a sudden we start to respect each other. And it's when those things happen that diversity and inclusion can take a team, an organization, or a family to a whole new level. The last thing that I want to share, uh, the, the fifth mindset marker, is strength and self permits an openness toward others. You want to know why a lot of people are not open to others? Is because they have no idea who they are as an individual. And so they are too busy protecting themselves and putting up their walls and proving their points to even be able to see, let alone listen, the person across from them. And so if that's you, if, if that's... Um, you feel that sort of guard go up when you're around a person different from you, I want to challenge you to take a strong look in the mirror and ask yourself, do I know who I am? And am I confident in that? Because if you're not, it's really, really hard to respect somebody else and to to appreciate somebody else's strengths and values that they bring to the table. And listen, the reality of it is like you can respect somebody and not agree with their perspective or um, be them. Like that's not what this is all about. The world needs you to be you and to be confident in that and to stand in that. But at the same time, you can be open to, to hearing other people because you know what the world needs from them? For them to be them <laughs> at their best and fullest selves. And so if this is a really hard topic for you um, in general with other people to appreciate them and to value them, I want to challenge you to, again, take that hard look in the mirror. You got to respect yourself. You got to appreciate yourself. And to do that, you got to know what your core values are. What do you stand for? Because when you know those things, it allows you to stand amid 
people of color, amid people of different religions, amid people of different socioeconomic background, amid people of different thought process, of different sexual orientation. You don't have to agree with it. You don't have to become it, but you can respect it. You can be open to it. And that's where change starts to happen in our families, in our communities, in our teams, in our organizations. And so, you know, in our class, we talked a lot. We had core values as a class. And you know what? Not everybody has to have that as one of their core, core values as a human being. But we all came together and understood and appreciated and and, uh, respect was one of those. Openness was one of our core values in our class. Uh, because we wanted everybody to be able to share their thoughts, their backgrounds, their their perspectives on things. And when we're allowed to do that in a safe place, guess what happens? Those expand. Those get broader. Those get more uh, inclusive, encompassing, better. And that's what it's about. That's what this whole that's what this whole diversity inclusion conversation it should be about. It's about winning, <laughs> right? It should be about performance excellence at the individual level, at the team level, at the organizational level. Because when every individual is allowed to bring their best self to the table, guess what happens? The table gets better. The team gets better. The organization gets better. The community gets better. Our world gets better. But at the end of the day, that still starts with us as individuals, with you, with me, figuring out who we are, what we value, what we bring to the table, and then being willing to sit at the table and listen to others and allow them to bring their piece of clay, put it into the sculpture, and then together figure out how do we mold this thing to be the very freaking best it can be. That's where diversity inclusion comes into play from my perspective in terms of how do champions think about the, how important this topic is. That's what this conversation and dialogue should be about. Because again, the world needs all of us. Woo, get excited. That's, that's, this is fun. Let's go. All right. I love it. All right. Like, listen, okay. I thought I'd bring back this topic of leadership, right? Because here's the thing. Oh, also, sorry. Camp Elevate. Um, I mentioned it is going to be in May of 2018, the 29th through the 30th out in Colorado Springs. If you're interested in joining, Google it. If you can't find it, email me, amber at selkingperformance.com. I'll get you in connection with Celia. It's transformational. It's powerful. You get to go to Colorado in May. It's beautiful out there. Um, so let me know if you want to join. It's going to be a powerful, action-packed couple days. There's hikes. There's uh, different sessions, small group sessions, breakout sessions, workshops, etc. in coaching. So So uh, let me know if you want to go. It's going to be awesome. I'll be there. It'll be awesome to meet you in person as well. Um, But again, the caveat to all of this on this mindset on diversity, right, is leadership. (laughs) And that's why, again, at the Selking Performance Group, we're all about leveraging the power of mindset and leadership. Because if you've got individuals that have this mindset on diversity inclusion, let's say, but it's not led well, right, and everybody just wants to be open and, and bring to the table, but it's not in concert, in unison, in connection with the vision, the mission, the values of the organization, diversity can get lost, it can go haywire, it can create a lot more harm than good. And so we got to, leadership is what allows uh, diversity inclusion to grow in productive ways. And so I just want to put that out there um, so that in our teams and our organizations, we can figure out how do we optimize this to help 
help position ourselves and our organization to be the very best it can be. That's going to lead us to our championship mindset training for today. And here's your championship mindset training. Listen, I've let you be in your in your safe little own space for the last 16 weeks on your championship mindset training. But I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to kick you with my size six little foot to get out of the get out of the bubble and get out of yourself and get towards others because this what this topic is all about all right so your championship mindset this week is to grab coffee or lunch okay so these are brief moments wherever whatever you're comfortable with right grab coffee or lunch start small take one step okay with someone different than you now I know that's that can be freaky, so I'm going to give you some goals, okay? Some two little things that are going to help help you go into that conversation more strategically, right? Because if we've learned anything throughout the course of this podcast, right, it should be that we need to have intentionality and some objectives with what we're doing, and it can help guide our, our actions and our energy and our minds, right? And so I want you to learn what motivates them. So if you're a coach, right, or an athlete or in the business space, whatever space you're in, what motivates them to do what they do? And then what is one thing that you share in common? So between those two things, right, that's going to help guide your dialogue. And listen, if you're all about diversity and meeting different people of different backgrounds, that's awesome. Okay, but again, do it intentionally. I want you to figure out what motivates that person to do what they do and what's one thing you share in common. Okay. Again, because if we're going to harness the power of diversity inclusion, we got to have some purpose behind it. That's what these two little uh, goals and objectives and strategies or strategic objectives that you have are going to help do is to help direct that dialogue in ways that are going to be conducive for growing your relationship, growing your valuation of one another, your respect of one another, your appreciation for one another, and hopefully giving you an opportunity to go back in the future and reconnect, uh, whether you whether you hire somebody and bring them up along the way or whether you want somebody on your team or whether you just connect an individual with somebody else that you know would be a good connection that's how this thing manifests and grows to get bigger better and stronger all right ladies and gentlemen it has been an awesome awesome mindset monday with you talking about uh, the championship mindset on diversity in parentheses inclusion right because as we learned those are similar but different things but it's all about getting everybody at the table with their piece of clay putting all that in the middle and figuring out how we mold this thing to be the very best sculpture it can be whether you're in sport whether you're in business whether in your family lives like let's go right this this is an important component moving into to our society right now in this world and we need to be on the forefront of it because if not some very different and very very uh perverted and bad not championship loser mindsets right happen and start to dominate the conversation so let's get on the forefront of it let's let's and we're not on the forefront right but but let's let's get in the dialogue let's start to think this way so that we can shape those around us uh, in our teams and our homes and our organizations so that we can continue moving forward in this world and, and just tapping into the power of everybody that, that that's out there um, thank you so much for being with us today I really want to thank our sponsors from this year uh, this 
season. Brightview Medical, um, we've got a, a commercial coming up for them at the end. So take a chance to listen to them. With that said, I, I want to just uh, put this out there. You know, we're looking for sponsors for our next season going into 2018. And if that's something that you would be interested in, if you could shoot me an email, uh, that would be awesome. We've got over 15,000 downloads of this podcast already, and it is growing exponentially. And it is it is global. So it is not just a, a US thing. I just got an email yesterday from South Africa of people that are taking the podcast and taking them into um, local schools and building curriculum around championship mindsets for their kids. Um, businesses that have taken these podcasts um, and started having their employees listening to them, particularly sales organizations, are really starting to gain some traction around this mindset. Um, I've had athletic teams have this as part of their off-season training, right? Their whole team has to listen to the podcast and they debrief it at the end. So this thing is far-reaching and it is humbling for me to know that. I mean, when I get people that email me and share this stuff with me, it's mind—it's mind-blowing to me. Um, but with that said, if you want to be a part of this and you want to share what your organization is doing and in and, and, and doing so sponsored the podcast so that we can talk about your business or your organization. Um, we would really appreciate that. It allows us to bring you great free content uh, consistently and again, help spread your message as well. Um, and you know, even if you just believe in what we're doing and you want to contribute in some capacity from the financial perspective, I mean, uh, g- keeping this thing running does take money. <laughs> and so any help is much appreciated. And so just shoot me an email if you're interested in being part of that, amber at selkingperformance.com. Um, but regardless, we've got a ton of information on the website for you to check out, www.selkingperformance.com. And really looking forward to 2018 because we've got some books in the process that, that are going to be coming out. And so stay, tu- stay tuned for those. Um, and again, if I can come speak to your organization, I would absolutely love to. I'm really intentional about tailoring it to your team, your organization, your industry. Um, and so again, shoot me an email, amber at selkingperformance.com. We're on all the social platforms. So on Twitter at Dr. Selking, I'm on follow back. So hit me there. Um, Instagram, uh, Selking Performance, Facebook, Selking Performance Group. Uh, so check us out, get involved, get connected. All of our posts are starting to have more of an interactive aspect to them. So if you you can participate and engage with that. We love it. Um, and again, if there's any, if you have a couple seconds to rate and review us on iTunes and share this with your friends and colleagues, it would really mean a lot to us because again, it does help us show our sponsors just how far and wide this is reaching. So however you're leveraging this podcast, share it with us. I want to feature that. Um, it's been awesome to hear the stories so far. And I just really looking forward to, to continue to help all of us right on this journey of, of learning how to think right, of learning how to build mindsets that facilitate success so that we can really be a positive force in this world and and in our communities. Thank you so, so much for being with us again. Um, You've been listening to Building Championship Mindsets, the podcast, and this has been your host, Dr. Amber Selking. And as always, from the locker room to the boardroom, I want to challenge you to continue building your championship mindset. This episode of Building Championship Mindsets is brought to you by Brightview Medical. Brightview Medical has a unique approach to healthcare. Providing patient-centered, personalized care, they provide support from start to finish that makes you feel like family. With their timely and accurate lab results and image results, Brightview provides a peace of mind unlike any other. If you don't know what you're doing or you feel a little scared about the process, it's okay. Brightview provides a personalized care and support throughout the entire process. They've created this advantage by having an expansive 
in-house team of physicians, nurses, therapists, and technicians. Unlike a traditional insurance model, they start with a full body scan using this new GE Revolution CT scanner. And probably one of the best things about this entire process is it takes less than a total of nine minutes. Brightview Medical, better imaging, brighter diagnosis, brighter future.